You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Well, how's your bracket? Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Gang's all here, ready to go. As we always do every Monday, best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like, and be part of the festivities. You can dial us up, email, tweet. You can do all the above. We have uh, play of the day, stat of the day, poll question, all of that coming up. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. Say good morning to Peacock. Not the St. Peter's Peacocks, but Peacock. That's our streaming partner. You can download the app. You can watch for free. Also, our radio affiliates around the country, Fox Sports Radio, the number one listened to sports radio show in America. Carson Palmer, former NFL quarterback, will join us a little bit later on. We'll talk about everything that happened during free agency and Deshaun Watson's new team, which was a big surprise, the Browns out of nowhere. Recapping basketball with uh, Baylor out, Tennessee out, Auburn out, Michigan State out, Wisconsin out, Illinois is out. You have Iowa State and St. Peter's. Those are your Cinderella stories. Now, I look at Iowa State, and I I guess the amazing part is, how did that program go 2-22 and 22 last year? Didn't win a conference game. And here they are in the Sweet 16. St. Peter's, I think it's St. Peter's was located in South Dakota or upstate New York, that we might look at them differently. They'd be cuter, let's put it that way. St. Peter's is in Jersey City, right across the river from New York City. So you probably think, well, they got all that talent around there. New York City basketball, even New Jersey basketball. Uh, But St. Peter's is there in the Sweet 16, and so is Iowa State. I watched a lot of the Michigan State-Duke game because I'm watching thinking, is this Coach K's last game? And not that it became bigger than the outcome of the game, but it's close because Michigan State going toe-to-toe and Tom Izzo always does well in the tournament and Coach K and the Dukies were holding on for dear life there. But, you know, this is a, a situation that's different because we don't know when Coach K's career is over. I don't know if John Wooden made it official that he was coaching his last games when he was at UCLA when they won the national title. He retired after winning that national title in 1975. But I don't remember, I don't think I was old enough to remember, or that, you know, back then, I don't know if you had this sort of farewell tour. But I don't know if Coach announced that this was going to be his last uh, tournament run. And maybe he did, but I just... This is a big, big buildup here with Coach K. Here is uh, Mike Krzyzewski after the win yesterday against Michigan State. I'm incredibly cr- proud of my guys. This was a, you guys were terrific, man. I'm so, I'm really proud to be your coach. You know, that it had nothing to do with coaching in those last four or five minutes. It all had to do with heart and togetherness. And uh, they followed their hearts and, God bless them. Uh, you know, we're in the sweet 16. So you can ask them questions. He's emotional in a win. Here's Tom Izzo, Michigan State head coach. An average team without a lot of heart might have just drifted into the sunset. And I thought they reached down and uh, in Mike Krzyzewski fashion and did an unbelievable job of uh, kind of taking it at us. And we just... Didn't have enough left. You know, Coach is always gracious. He's he's a, a good guy, like Tom Izzo a lot. Um, you know, he's probably got mixed emotions there as well. You're facing Mike Krzyzewski. You faced him before. 
I think Michigan State has been bounced from the tournament. Let me see if I have this stat. Um, Mike Shashevsky has knocked Michigan State out of the tournament five times. Jeez. So if you're Tom Izzo, it's like, all right, they got me four times and I'm on the ropes here, maybe getting knocked out again. But maybe I'm going to be the guy knocking Coach K out of the coaching ranks. But, and, you know, if it's interesting. You know, the, the tournament hasn't changed the structure of the tournament. I, I do think that the regular season doesn't mean much to us. We don't follow the names as closely as we once did. Players are not staying around more than, you know, one or two years. Coaches are there forever, and that's who you invest in. Like Jay Wright at Villanova, right? You don't know who's on Villanova, but you know they got Jay Wright, and therefore you invest in Jay Wright. Uh, Tom is at Michigan State. Uh, there, there are certain coaches where you go, that guy wins. And you might look at Rick Barnes at Tennessee and go, no, he doesn't win. Certain coaches you invest in come tournament time because they know what they're doing. And you can make a case that these coaches, some of these coaches who survived, have been there before and certainly helps out the case, uh, you know, to advance. And, you know, Coach K talked about this. This wasn't about coaching. It's about the players doing something in the final four minutes. Now, he might be being humble there, but a lot of it comes down to, you know, can you make free throws? Do you have a point guard who knows what he's doing? Uh, do you not make stupid mistakes? And that's what Duke was able to do. And that's all it takes. Ask Arizona. You just want to survive. And you're going to every, every, it feels like every tournament, every team who wins a national title, there's always a moment where you go, they could lose. Earlier in the tournament, they could lose. And you just survive that one time, it feels like. And that's probably what's going to happen this year with the eventual national champ. All right, Seton, what kind of poll question do you have? By the way, our stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the DP show. Did North Carolina's Brady Manic deserve to be tossed from the game against Bill, uh, wow. Baylor? Okay. Uh, I'd say no. I, I think that they let them play. You know, as, as, as players, you're looking to see what they're calling and not calling. And, you know, the elbow is up, but I think it was a physically called game. And I would probably put the onus or the blame on the officials that you let it kind of get to that point. But I would say, no, I wouldn't have tossed it. It feels kind of tough, though, to accidentally elbow somebody that hard in the face. Yeah. I mean, I know it's a controversial call, but I kind of feel like he should have gotten tossed. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I saw it. It's aggressive. But these guys are 6'9", 6'10", so your arms are up. You know, it's not like it's a 5'5 five, five guy that you elbowed. You went down low and elbowed him. I think your hands are up. They're out. And, uh, you know, would I have whistled him for a foul? Yes. But if you're going to toss him, I mean, that's to me, it has to be pretty egregious. You're going to toss somebody from a game. But if it was a 5-5 guy, I would be like, oh, I get it. It's, that's how he elbowed him in the face. Instead, he elbowed a gigantic dude in the face. <laughs> yeah, but they're, is, they're similar heights. Their elbows are going to be there in the, right in his face. Well, no, because you... I, th I feel like you have it exactly backwards, actually. Okay. The, if, it's harder to elbow somebody at equal height. You have to have your elbow all the way up. Rather, if the guy was short, you could elbow him all the time in the face. Yeah, but you're taught to box out with your arms up, not down. 
So his arms were just up, and therefore his elbow is going to hit you right in the face. Mm. Let's do a reenactment here. Okay. All right. Who Are wants- you going to elbow me in the face, or am I elbowing you in the face? Because that's going to determine the... Well, because I don't think you should have been tossed, so I will play the role of the North Carolina player, <laughs> oh, okay. saying I, I shouldn't have been tossed for elbow... Oh, sorry, okay. Steve. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yes. Oh, by the way, pie to the face day, yeah. Marvin. Yeah, Mr. Yukon Husky takes a pie a little bit later on, kind of dressed down today, didn't you there, Marv? <laughs> yeah, I... I'm prepared for today. Okay. I don't want to wear it like, oh, let me wear my new stuff from Express or Link Soul. Like, nah, no thanks. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, yes, Todd. <laughs> Can you distinguish between reckless and egregious? Because I don't think he should have been thrown out either. Can you, in the moment, do something a bit reckless, but it's not egregious enough to sure. get ejected? Are they two separate things? It's hard to judge intent. I mean, that's, that's the thing. But it, it was an aggressive game. I mean, you would think Baylor, I mean, that's a, a, a defensive-minded team. Uh, that helped them win the national championship, but I, I did, I didn't look at it and say, "Boy, I think he tried to hurt him there." I didn't know if there was another incident with them because sometimes you'll see that, like Buddy Beheim when he got tossed from the Big East tournament when he elbowed the Florida State kid. You know, there was something on the same play where he thought he got boxed out too hard, and then he punched him in the stomach. I didn't know if there was something that led up to that. That's what I'd be curious about because if there was then it might have been retaliation there. Yeah, Paul. But that Baylor turnaround, was, it was like a body-switching oh movie. God. I think they scored 51 points in the second half. It's silly. It, it, don't you find that fascinating when you're watching a game? Like, wow, this team's getting housed. It's over. I'm going to collect at this window. And then all of a sudden, it just goes the completely opposite. I'm getting text messages from friends and because I, I said, you know, North Car- I love North Carolina. And, you know, they're blowing them out. And I'm like, yeah, you called it North Carolina. I stopped watching. Next thing I know is nice call on North Carolina. And I go, wait, what just happened? Turn on the TV and I went, oh, my God. They had a 25-point lead. Uh, TCU, Arizona. I got Arizona winning it all. But you know what? TC, hold your head high. You got a gripe because I would have called a foul there at the very end. Two seconds to go in regulation. I would have called a foul on Arizona, yes, he. It's a real shame that they're knocked out of the tournament because they're that's a TCU is a fun team to watch. Yeah, yeah. This program brought to you by Real Credit Card. Questions require real people. Somebody who understands your issues works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available twenty-four-seven. Discover exceptionally common sense. I also wondered about this, and maybe I can hear from an, uh, a referee or former referee. Like, why do you do it? Because you never win, right? Nobody says, great job. You get yelled at constantly. And even some of the calls, you know, there was a technical call in the Illinois game that was a bad call. There, You know, there's a couple of bad calls, but you expect that. And they do a great job most of the time. It's just those small and, and, you know, the proliferation of gambling. Now everything is viewed through a different lens. But, you know, understand they're not they don't get the benefit of replay when they make a call like at the end of the Arizona game. They have to call it. We get to see all the angles and we're like, how did you miss that? But I'm curious as an official, why do you do it? Is it a power trip? You like being involved in the sport? Great exercise? You enjoy the clothing? Like you just like a striped shirts and tight pants? You just want to get your steps in for the day yeah. so you're going back and forth? Yeah. It's a good workout. 
I just, I, I don't know. Uh, and look, I had run-ins with officials, and I told this story that this longtime legendary official in Cincinnati flipped off my father during a game, actually put his hand behind his back and gave my father the finger. <laughs> now, that's a veteran move there. Because I, nobody saw it except for my dad, and my dad, was, he thought it was wonderful. He's like, I, I got to that official. He flipped me off. <laughs> yeah, Paul. Do you think there's any college or pro basketball coaches who go the opposite tactic and just talk nicely to the officials, mm. lavish them with mm. uh, praise? Like Brad Stevens, remember him at Butler? Yeah. He seemed like a guy who never yelled at the officials. He seemed like he was discussing mm. things with the officials. And he was a very successful guy. It seems like yelling is counterproductive to your goal of getting calls or getting your team a win. Brad Stevens reminds me of Jim Parsons played a college basketball <laughs> coach from the Big Bang Theory, Sheldon. Um, uh, excuse me. Come here. Excuse me. You're doing a great job. I don't want to interrupt here, but it just feels like you may have, you may have, may have missed that call. I think I may have seen that play differently than you, sir. Yeah. Could you come, when you get, a, when, you, when you get a moment, could you come over here? I just want to talk to you. Yeah, just a little bit. Yes, Todd. If you're an official, do you like instant replay? Well, if your goal is to get the call correct, like the, you don't want to leave an arena or a football field and you didn't get the call correctly. It's like when the Saints played the Rams in the playoff game and they missed the call and they had the opportunity to get the call correct. That's when it's bad. You can miss the call. I think officials have a hard time having somebody tell them that they missed the call. But your job is to get the call correct, no matter what. And I think if if we had used replay, then you would have saved those officials from themselves in the uh, Rams-Saints playoff game. But ego, I think, gets involved in this, where you're like, no, no, I saw it. Nope, I got it. Yeah, I'm in charge. Yeah, and I can, no, you missed it. You missed it. Yeah, Tom. You want to get it right, but imagine any other job or walk of life where you're constantly being second-guessed. Literally, every little thing you do, it could be looked at over and over again in a thousand different angles to show how you screwed it up. That's got to be really rough to have that kind of job. I know that's what you signed up for. but Well, we do that to you. That's true, and I've learned to live with it somewhat, you know, but uh, I'm still having, you know, I have my moments. Yeah. But and that's got to be hard. And we have the benefit of replay. We do. <laughs> Playing back uh, slurred speech and everything. Your slurred speech. Yeah. I don't he wasn't know. even sure if he should have shown up. <laughs> to be fair, I think Todd brought this up. I now do. You. We're picking right back up where we left I off, unfortunately. right into that. Yeah, Todd, Todd. <laughs> Sorry, you walked right into it. I mean, <laughs> I asked for it. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you did. People trying their best. They're trying to be as creative as possible. I mean, get the calls right. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just keep knocking you back down. Yeah. And you get, why do you keep getting back up? Just stay down. Let them count to 10. How about we just get started with a yeah. good week go. here, everybody? Come yeah. on, let's go. Come on. Come on. Come on. I mean, these officials can't book three guests every yeah. day. Yeah. It's not possible. I can't multitask. I'm not. I can't book a guest. Too much. Do a poll question. Too many things on your plate. All right, we'll come back. We'll uh, examine our brackets. Also, best and worst of the weekend. If you're an official and you can get through, uh, operator, Tyler standing by. I know a lot of people are going to be calling in, but uh, if you are a referee, college especially, I'd just like to hear from you on what is it that you get out of officiating. It's not money. Uh, you get some TV time, but I'd be curious. I remember Leon Wood was a former NBA player and then became an NBA official. And I'm thinking, you know... 
you probably wouldn't want to become that after being a player and dealing with officials, and then you become one of those officials. But I think Leon is still officiating. All right, we'll take a break, settle on our poll question, and uh, also we will dive into the Deshaun Watson topic, of course. It's 17 after the hour, back after this Dan Patrick Show. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This program brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. The family takes turns turning heads, brains, beauty, and athleticism. All they need now is for you to drive them off the lot. Mercedes-Benz family of SUVs, a family of unrivaled vehicles waiting for you at your local dealer. Here's our bracket standings, the celebrities. John Smoltz and Ross Tucker leading the way, 46 points. Kelly Slater, 45. Brady Quinn, 45. Josh Dumel. Josh Dumel texted me last night saying this is the greatest athletic achievement of his life. He has 44 points. Mark Sanchez, 44. Fritzy is fourth. Nice, Todd. I don't take a lot of chances, though. I always get ripped for that. I, I do a lot of chalk. Not all, but enough to kind of stay in the upper third of things. Interesting that Todd did want me to have the bracket challenge. <laughs> and I was like, why are you pushing this? Yeah, why would I send that to you if yeah. I was down at the bottom? That doesn't so, serve any purpose. Brian Cranston, Kevin James are tied for fifth. Sidney Crosby is uh, in sixth. Let's see. The bottom five. Sidney Crosby. Yeah, I know. It's just <laughs> what the hell is are you joking? No. Sidney Crosby's uh, in our bracket. The, 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 yes. the hockey player, not the, like the Sidney Crosby. Right. When Todd said, Hey, uh, you know, here's some of the celebrities and uh, Sidney Crosby, I go, Oh, the Penguins? He goes, Yeah. I go, Okay. We invited some of the regulars and all that, but then let's get some uh, more unique, interesting uh, ones in there to invite. Simone Biles' bracket is a mess. (laughs) Biles had nothing yesterday. Yeah, it did not work out well. Bottom five, Sean Payton is in last. Will Ferrell, second to last. Max Crosby of the Raiders, Adam Sandler, and then Carson Palmer. Uh, Seton has uh, 38 points. I have 37. Paul has 32. (laughs) Uh, We have uh, two fans right now. Chaz Quinn with 53 points and Joy DeVries with 53. And the winner picks up uh, Traeger Grill, got the Callaway Driver, gifts from uh, Link Soul and Panini. Yes, Todd. So a worthwhile nugget here. Sidney Crosby, 41. Max Crosby, 31 on opposite ends of the spectrum. No relation. No relation, but we should keep an eye on the Crosby battle. Okay. Thank you, Todd. You're welcome. Let's decide on a poll question here. I think we should stick with the uh, Brady Manic one, actually. All right. Do you need to put North Carolina's Brady yeah, yeah. Manic just because people might not know the name, but they know what happened on the play? We have some other options for you, though, if okay, you want. Yeah. Uh, how many games will Deshaun Watson play next year? Eleven. Eleven games, you think? Okay. So yeah. I have the options as zero to four, five to eight, nine to 12, 13 to 17. Well, the fact that his his contract is restructured, that he's only getting paid a, a little over a million dollars, by the way, I don't. I, if I'm a Browns fan, I don't like the signing, 
but hey, I'm not a Browns fan. You improve the position, and if you wanted to get out from underneath Baker Mayfield uh, contract future, you certainly did that. It's like when the Colts let Peyton Manning go. Well, they had Andrew Luck, and nobody complained in Indianapolis, I don't think, when you go, oh, see you, Peyton. Hey, come on in, Andrew. This is a little bit different with Baker Mayfield. When we left you on Friday, the Browns weren't involved. They were declared by Deshaun Watson's side as being out of it because he didn't want to go to a cold weather. Tom Pelissero, the NFL Network, said uh, Watson didn't want to play in Cleveland. And we thought it was going to come down to Atlanta and New Orleans. And then all of a sudden, Baker Mayfield reportedly kind of pushed the envelope here, and the Browns were like, all right, we're at the point of no return. Now we're going to get rid of him, and we got to bring in Deshaun Watson. And the deal that they gave him, historical. He got a raise after everything that happened. He got more guaranteed money. It was amazing. When you have a bidding war for a guy who still hasn't settled his 22 civil lawsuits, didn't play last year. Met with the grand jury on Friday. Crazy. Crazy. But the Browns, desperate for a quarterback. Yes, Eden. How was Deshaun Watson's trade value not affected by even a dollar, mm-hmm. not even a pick? It, it wasn't affected at all. You know, you go back to the Texans giving him a no-trade clause at the age of 24. And that allowed him to pick where he wanted to go. They knew that it was going to take three first-round picks, at least. So they got... You know, Houston benefited, and I didn't. I thought that they were going to get less value for Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, there was a bidding war. And I know the Browns had to put out statements saying they did their due diligence. Just if, if any of these people, owner, GM, coach, would come on, I would just like to ask one question. Why wouldn't you contact the lawyer representing these 22 women? Like, if you did a thorough background check, as you want to tell me, why wouldn't you at least reach out? And you know the reason why? And I know the answer. Because you don't want to hear what he's going to tell you. Hey, we didn't know anything about it. Denial. But I got to reach out to that attorney just to say, hey, we're doing our due diligence. Don't put out a damn memo. If you didn't do your due diligence, who'd you talk to? And plus, they put it out over the weekend during the NCAA tournament. Come on. We did our due diligence. We did our background checks here. Really? I at least have to call that attorney just to say, can you help us understand the scope of this? You know, we're thinking about trading for him. We'd like to know. We'd like to get more information. Right? That's all. He's a great player. I get it. But these things are going to travel with him. Now you can say, well, innocent until proven guilty. Absolutely. Are you trying to tell me 22 women are lying here? And even when he settles, now it is possible. I, I, I can't discount it. But you have 22 women all citing similar behavior. Just read the Sports Illustrated article. 
a woman who is, you know, the source of the story, she's not even in the lawsuits. She's not asking for anything. She just told you that her story that corroborates what these other women said. I talked to two former NFL players over the weekend. One played 13 years, one played nine. I said, how many massage therapists did you have in your career? Both of them said one. You get one, you want to make sure you keep that one. You don't go on Instagram or Craigslist looking for a masseuse if you're an NFL quarterback and then trying to tell me that this is legitimate. But if Deshaun Watson pays off these women, by the way, you know who's going to pay off these women? The Cleveland Browns are. They gave him the raise. The raise is going to pay for this. I mean, his agent did an incredible job. Guaranteed money. Only going to pay you a million dollars this upcoming year because he knows he's going to be suspended. Remember when Brady was going to be suspended, restructured his deal, so he was going to get, you know, lose paychecks here. I get it. But Deshaun Watson goes to Cleveland. Now we wait for Baker Mayfield. And, you know, this is, you know, all of these grown-ass men, these owners, they don't care. They just want to win. And that's what the Cleveland Browns did. And these other owners with these other teams. How would you feel like if a family member was involved in this? Maybe the Cleveland Browns owner. Or the Falcons or the Saints. You're a female fan. You're going to be anxious to put that Deshaun Watson jersey on? Talent, baggage, sliding scale. And he's young. And I'm sure he'll do well. He's a talented player. Great player. But the, it just it gives you the true insight into how valuable a great quarterback is. Little baggage? Yeah, okay. Can we weather this storm here? That's all you want to do if you're Cleveland. How do we get through this? How do we get to that first game? How do we get to him with a great performance? If he's winning three out of his first four, six out of his first eight, then we'll be talking about Deshaun Watson, the football player. But I, I wonder what happens with Baker Mayfield now. And do I think that he exacerbated this? Absolutely. Because he wasn't going to go back. Point of no return. And then the Cleveland Browns go, all right, we have to give Deshaun Watson an offer he can't refuse. And that's what they did. He didn't want to go there. He didn't want to play in cold weather, reportedly. He'd be able to play in a dome in New Orleans and a dome in Atlanta, having played his career with the Texans in a dome. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Cleveland goes, you know what, on second thought, we're going to dome our stadium. <laughs> we want to give that to Deshaun as well. Hey, you guys, can you get a big old tarp or something? <laughs> You're one like a huge tarp? Yes, yeah, big bubble. Yeah. Don't you want to know what the other offers were? The ones that he... The, not so much that Deshaun Watson turned down, but what the Browns were negotiating against. Well, I think they were negotiating against themselves because they had to give him something that got his attention. Because the other, I think he wanted to go to Atlanta. I think New Orleans gave him a better roster, but I think, you know, the Cleveland Browns just said, what's it going to take? And they may have said that to his attorney, you know, his, uh, lawyer, agent. What's it going to take? It's going to take this and this and this, this. And then you give up the draft picks there. 
Yeah, Paul. That's what stuck out to me is on Friday, Florio mentioned the Falcons roster and how subpar it was, especially yeah. at receiver. Then Pro Football Focus, PFF, did this like roster ranking of the teams that were going for him, and, and the Falcons were way down on their talent on their roster. Sometimes I wonder if, you know, Watson, obviously Watson and his are going through that stuff and saying, hey, look, we can get a better deal elsewhere and a way better roster. But I also found it interesting that they brought in Amari Cooper, they let Jarvis Landry go, they signed Deshaun Watson, and now the Browns are trying to get Jarvis Landry back, which that would make a lot of sense. If I'm Jarvis Landry and I can go back, play with Deshaun Watson, Amari Cooper, those two running backs, good offensive line. They're also trying to bring back Jadavion Clowney. Yeah, Paul. I saw a couple of things like uh, Pro Football Focus and other analysts online. The Seahawks actually got more back for Russell Wilson than the uh, Houston Texans got back with Sean Watson. They added up the value of the draft picks and the players, and about three or four different sites say that the Seahawks did better trading a 31-year-old Russell Wilson draft pick-wise, talent-wise, mm. than the uh, Texans did. Yeah, I see this pro football focus. Seattle netted 2.11 expected war for uh, Russell Wilson. The Texans only 2.04 war, plus the Seahawks got a couple of players, uh, Noah Fant and Drew Locke. Okay. It, interesting. I mean, I thought Denver gave up a, a lot for uh, Russell Wilson. But Russ has no baggage there. But he's nine years older than Deshaun Watson. I mean, that Deshaun Watson could be their quarterback the next 10 years there. All right. Uh, we'll settle on the poll question, uh, Seaton. Anything, any other poll questions that you were considering? Yeah, we got a bunch of options. We could save them, though. Okay. A couple of phone calls in here. Andrew in Washington leads us off again. Hi, Andrew. Hey, good morning, Dan and Danette. Thanks for taking my call. I, I've got the best and, and best of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's that of the day, uh, uh, surprisingly. But um, best is uh, Coach K and Duke making it to the Sweet 16. The bester is Olivia Miles of Notre Dame becoming the first freshman with a triple-double in men's or women's NCAA tournament. And best is today is my nine-year wedding anniversary. Well, congratulations, Andrew. I've got a stat of the day, but I did just want to mention, watching that box-out dance-off during the live looking, man, that was, that was so good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, it. Yeah. I think Polly probably won. But um, anyways, I do have a stat of the day, if you don't mind. All right, Marv. Steph Curry has made the most threes with 3,117. John Stockton has swiped the most steals at 3,265, but even more than those record numbers. I've been married 3,287 days today, but who's counting? All right, Andrew, you know how I am when people give shout-outs for birthdays and anniversaries. Not that big on it. Yes, Tom. Is, that, is there a milestone for that? You know, like no. it's certain you get, you know, you give porcelain or diamond or silver on 25 years or 20 years. I'm not sure what we do with nine. I mean, nine's nothing. You know? Nothing. Yeah, Paul. The traditional ninth anniversary gift in the U.S. is pottery. 
There you go. <laughs> Good luck with that. Hey, let me tell you something. If I got brought home some pottery for my wife, <laughs> I wouldn't have a 10th anniversary. Here you go, honey. I got you this bowl. No, yeah. no. You know what you do? You recreate Ghost with Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore, and you make pottery together. Okay. Our next looking. Yeah. Oh, you want to do that? <laughs> Again? Yeah. We, I don't know what we just did. If you're watching on Peacock, we had a dance contest, it felt like. It started with the North Carolina-Baylor game in the elbow, and uh, it ended up with uh, some kind of street dancing there. But, yeah, if I, if I recreate that scene in the movie with Jimmy Moore and Patrick Swayze, then I think that might be uh, a good one. Who's coming up? I got 35 years coming up. Who's got uh, a milestone? Anybody got some, some round numbers? No? Nobody, like, 15, 20? I'm a couple away from 15. 15, all right. Fritzy, you're, uh, you're second on the uh, 23 longest. 23 years, 20... October 30th of this year will be 23 years. Okay. If anybody here knows exactly how many days he's been married, it's Todd. Yeah. Our first sure. date was Monday, December 2nd, 96, at La Villa Italian uh, Restaurant in Brooklyn. What'd you eat? I think I had chicken palm, a little ziti on the side, yeah. and I think uh, we shared like a little uh, little ice cream, a little sorbet. I think we had Ooh, sorbet. raspberry sorbet, maybe. Let's take a break here. <laughs> Poll question: We've settled on play of the day is up next here, Dan Patrick Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh my God! The play. Of the day. This is the play of the day. Check this out. Teresa, top of the key. Fires low right for Coloco. Hands off Mathurin. One handed stop on Lampkin. Mathurin climbed the ladder and he smashed it. Arizona by two. Arizona advances to the Sweet 16. The overtime win against TCU. That's courtesy of Westwood One Radio. Play of the day, play of the day brought to you by M Drive Start. Jumpstart your morning. Convenient protein powder for driven guys that gives you that energy and that nutrition to keep up with your busy day. Find it at mdrivedan.com. Don't let age beat you. Get M Drive. Michigan State head coach Tom Izzo will join us in about a half hour from now after the loss to Duke yesterday. Duke has bounced Michigan State out of the tournament five times. So we'll talk to uh, Coach Izzo a little bit later on. By the way, Sweet 16 will feature four double-digit seeds. You have Miami, Iowa State, Michigan, and St. Peter's. Since the NCAA tournament expanded to 64 teams, that was back in 1985, only four Sweet 16s have included four or more double-digit seeds. This year, last year, 2011, and going back to 1999. Stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what stat of the day. All right. Uh, By the way, Matthew Stafford got his contract extended. Uh, While uh, Collins goes from the Cowboys to the Bengals, really good offensive lineman there, and the Bengals are doing the right thing, protecting their quarterback. Spend money on the offensive line. Can't go wrong. They're going to make everybody look better. Running backs, wide receivers, and you have a quarterback who was sacked 70 times last year. They still went to the Super Bowl. I had some more phone calls here. Jeff in Detroit is back. Hi, Jeff. What's on your mind today? 
What up, though? One time for chat row. I'm on the men, man. I'm on the men. Listen, I had surgery on those stones last week. Oh. They pulled out a nine millimeter joint on me, dog. Ooh. They pulled a nine millimeter out of my side, so they had to cut on me. The worst of my weekend is that the current iteration of your show and what you guys have going on is so doggone funny. I could not watch the show all the way through. I started hurting. It busts my stitch open, man. You guys just got going with Rebecca Lowe and just the whole situation. I'm telling you, man, what you guys have going on is pretty damn funny, dude. Listen, my best is going to be. Hunter Dickinson, 27 points, 11 rebounds. Eli Brooks doing the old Fritzy out there, bust the hook shot. Hook Fritzy was the first person I thought about. And Jawan Howard, how about that guy, you know, consoling the Tennessee player? I think his name was Kennedy Chandler yeah. after losing, man. You know, that, that, was, that was pretty cool. So, yeah, it's good seeing Michigan back in the Sweet 16, man. You guys are, are really on fire, dude. And hopefully I'll be seeing you guys real soon. Thank you, Jeff. Feel better. Yeah, it's hard to look at Michigan as a Cinderella story, but an 11 seed and what happened with Juwan Howard getting suspended. You know, a couple of weeks ago, he smacks a assistant coach at Wisconsin, and here he is in the Sweet 16 and Wisconsin losing yesterday. Yes, yeah, he bubble teams having a big impact this this tournament. Like starting with Michigan, and they're knocking out some real heavy hitters. Yeah, Paul. When I saw Juwan Howard do that, I, I thought about you know how much trouble he was in a month ago and how. Everyone loved him yesterday. You know, in life, some people need a smack, some people need a hug. <laughs> and there's different kind of people you run into, and some need one or the other. That, that's the new shirt for Michigan basketball. Some people need a smack, some people need a hug. Yeah, so he, he's hugging the uh, kid from Tennessee, yeah. and then he's smacking the coach from Wisconsin there. All right, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. Sean in Oregon joining us. Hey, Sean. Morning, Dan. Morning, Sean. Hey, I want to... I think uh, I want to go with the best of the weekend. I'm going to go with uh, Coach K getting it done. And I want to see Coach K go out on top. I really think that'd be awesome. Okay. And the worst of the weekend, I'm going to have to go with uh, uh, John Clayton passing away way too young. And I know you worked with him for a long time. I don't really know your guys' relationship, but I was wondering if you wanted to, to share a John Clayton story with us. Yeah, I was uh, saddened to hear that with Johnny. And uh, he was a great teammate at the mothership. I did not know that he was ill. I don't think too many people did. But uh, John Clayton worked at the mothership for a long time. And uh, he was one of those guys who was always available. Always. Whenever there would be an NFL story, and uh, you know, if we didn't get Chris Mortensen, John Clayton was always there. Always. He was... You know, had so much energy and cared so much about the sport. And there are, there are analysts that I've worked with, Tim Kirchens like that. Like, they, they love the sport. They promote the sport. And John always talked about the good of the sport. But he was a professional. And, you know, we used to have fun with him and say that he had a ponytail. And, and you know, we came up on, I, I don't know how it came up one day. I, I think I just said, you know, he's got a ponytail. And then everybody on the show sort of played along and saying, yeah, you know, I think I saw him with a ponytail. Then people would be at the draft and they'd go taking pictures of, of John. Like, they, I think I see a ponytail back there. So it became sort of this running joke. And then the mothership decided to do the commercial that was based off of us saying that John had the ponytail. 
And it's one of the iconic commercials that ESPN ever did. You know, where John does play up the fact that he's got a ponytail, he lives with his mom, and he listens to heavy metal when he's not doing Sports Center. But uh, Johnny, I always called him Johnny Good Times because he, he was always in a good mood. And uh, he could talk to anybody. And uh, great reputation. So rest in peace there, Johnny. We'll get some more phone calls coming up. We got our poll question today. Maybe we'll hear from an official. It's just we have so many people who call in, and uh, you might not be able to get through because I'm curious why you do that job, it, whether it's you know football, baseball, basketball. I was uh, an umpire for a while, and I did uh, Little League, and I did uh, like Legion Ball. It's thankless job because even when you're right, you're wrong, and uh, – you, know, you you call a tight strike zone or it's a loose strike zone or you're giving the high, you know, the, the low pitch, all of these things. And you usually have, like, there's a dad right behind you who's there in your ear constantly. And I think I'm getting $5 an hour or something. I wasn't making any money. But, you know, you just go, I don't want to do this. This isn't any fun. The officials, basketball officials, I know it's great exercise, I don't. I could do a stairmaster instead. Get yelled at less. More phone calls coming up. Eight seven seven three DP show. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dp show. He just got bounced from the tournament by Coach K. Michigan State's Tom Izzo will join us coming up. <laughs> 